What's your name? Uh, right. So well, then we'll, you'll say, so every, so now that we've got like new people coming every week, we're going to do this thing. We'll ask these three questions. Of the guest every week. Yeah. Just so, yeah. But does it make sense to have one of the questions be, what is your name when I've just said, hey, welcome Hannah Wilder? No. No, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> okay. I'm just checking. So, no, no, you're right. So, so then what we could do is just have two questions or we could have a different third question. Which is what is your favorite Pokemon or something? <laughs> where you where'd you grow up? Where were you born? What's your favorite Pop Tart flavor? What it do could you be consider anything. an abomination before God? <laughs> Pickles. Pickles are an abomination before God. <laughs> Pickle flavored Pop Tarts. Oh <laughs> people are horrible. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And my name is David Tremaine, and I am the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego. But you're not in San Diego this week, David, are you? No, I'm not. I'm all by myself in a room in a house in Kansas City, Missouri. Well, actually, Kansas City, Kansas. I'm like two blocks away from State Line Road on the Kansas side. We are at my in-law's house uh, in Kansas City, where my wife is from, because we just went to her brother's wedding this past weekend. That's very fun. And I think maybe we should say hello to Kansas City, both in Kansas and in Missouri. Yeah, it's cold in both both parts of the city and it is probably under 20 degrees and there's snow outside well, bundle so up. slightly slightly different than than uh good samaritan university city mm-hmm. san diego well this is our first week david with our new format and our new format means that we have a guest with us i'm pretty excited about it and our guest this week <laughs> as we acclaimed last week is the awesome reverend hannah wilder hi hannah hi i'm so excited to be here the awesomely reverent. <laughs> yes, both things. So, Hannah, we thought that in this new format that it would be helpful to our podcast listeners if they knew a little bit about the guests on the podcast. And so would you tell us a little bit about your ministry context? I'd be happy to. I am the curate at St. Mark's Episcopal Church in City Heights. And if you don't know, City Heights is the most ethnically diverse community in San Diego. It's a very large area. That used to be known as East San Diego, and we have a lot of refugees and immigrants and just a lot of um, small retail businesses um, that, you know, result from newly arrived immigrants um, building businesses. And there's a lot of pedestrian activity, and there's a high school nearby, a lot of restaurants, great local Mexican food, Vietnamese food. Actually, St. Mark's, I don't know if you know this, but it used to be a Vietnamese karaoke bar. I did not know that. Right? It's pretty <laughs> awesome. And so it's this storefront in the midst of all of this rich diversity and bustling life, and it just feels very alive. Well, and St. Mark's, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but St. Mark's has a very vibrant servant ministry process. It's so true. It's so true. It's it's the core of the congregation are some older white folks who've been there for a long time that have a passion for social justice. And so we have food pantries and clothes giveaways and showers and, you know, of course, space for AA meetings. And we have um, actually a local theater that um, practices there. We have 
groups for survivors of human trafficking, support groups, those kinds of things. And yeah, just a real heart for servant ministry and social justice work. Also, well, Hannah, for, for anybody unfamiliar with the term, what is a curate? Um, well, it's somebody who is freshly out of seminary and experiencing their first cure. So I am learning the ropes from the Reverend Richard Lee, who's the priest in charge at St. Mark's. So I'm like an assistant. Excellent. Well, and I think that this whole context that you gave us about St. Mark's then makes our next question for you easy to answer, or at least I think it will be, which is where have you seen God moving in the world this week? I like how you just had this great lead-in with St. Mark's, but actually I would have to say that it's in something unrelated to St. Mark's, which is um, the death of my grandmother. Okay. She was 96, and she died a week ago Saturday. And I think that it was one of the most profound four or five days that I just spent um, at any point in my life because I was able to be sit quietly with her body and mm-hmm. to place my hands on her hands and on her legs and her feet and to just honor and love this body that had oh. loved me mm-hmm. uh-huh. and to feel the truth that um, there is life in death and that God is in uh-huh. all of it. Mm-hmm. So I also had wonderful conversations with people just connecting with awesome people in my family, cousins, aunts, uncles, you know, I'd ask them, what's your favorite memory of grandma Mm -hmm. or what's her legacy in your life? And I got such great responses, like her love of travel, her love of reading. For me, it was my faith and my Christianity. She and I used to do Bible studies together every, every summer morning that I was there. Oh, wow. Yeah. What a gift to have that time with your family and to really connect and honor her that way. Yes. Yes, and in a way, I know her better now after having those conversations with those people than just from my own one experience with her, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. She's multifaceted more so to Mm -hmm. me now. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. I love it. Thank you. Thank you again for sharing that with us. And we are so thrilled that you were able to take the time to be with us today on the podcast. When David and I first started talking about having guests, you were the first name that came to mind. (laughs) I'm flattered. I'm honored to be here. I'm really excited. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Hannah is also one of our most uh, dedicated listeners to the podcast. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It's true. I know. I listen when I'm working out. Oh, sweet. Yeah. <laughs> for those of you that can't know because you're listening, Hannah just flexed her bicep muscle for me. <laughs> so I can attest that, you know, it is quite obvious that she, in fact, works out. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> So perhaps this is a logical transition, perhaps it's an illogical one, but I do think that perhaps we should decide to discuss this week's gospel. We were going to have our deacon read. Luke 21, 5 through 19. When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, Jesus said, as for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. They asked him, Teacher, when will this be, and what will be the sign that this is about to take place? And he said, Beware that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first, but the end will not follow immediately. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes 
and in various places famines and plagues, and there will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your souls. Okay, so uh, just a little bit of context before we get into the points for this week. Um, just, I think there's two things. One is just where this falls in the course of the gospel, and one is some historical background that might kind of frame it in a different way uh, when we kind of hold it as like the background that is, that is underneath the text. So the first thing is that this comes uh, not just in the next chapter after last week's gospel when Jesus was talking to the Sadducees. So Jesus is in Jerusalem. So he's talking about the temple, the big temple that's in Jerusalem. Um, and he, this is there, this is right after a story that most people would probably know, which is the widows often referred to as the widow's might, where a very poor woman puts in, you know, the last two little copper coins that she has after these rich guys put in a whole bunch of money and Jesus standing there sees this happen and tells them that she gave more than, than people had. And then. Jesus says this thing about the temple. So those are both happening at the same time in the same temple. Um, and there's only a couple chapters after this before the end of Luke's gospel. But chapters in Luke are pretty long. So there's actually a whole bunch of stuff that will happen between now and the end of the gospel, obviously. Uh, and one of those things we'll hear next week, because next week is Christ the King Sunday, because uh, we are getting ready for uh, Advent which will start December 1st and a new lectionary year. So lectionary year A. Woohoo! New lectionary <laughs> year. Yeah. The one last the one last thing about this is that this is a good example of how um, biblical scholars uh, would use a biblical scholars would use this kind of text to try to date the gospel. Because uh, one of the big things that happens in the first century in Jerusalem is the sacking of Jerusalem by Rome. And based on archaeological data and other historical records, we know that that was in the year 70 CE. And so when people in the Gospels are, when a Gospel references the fall of the temple or the destruction of the temple, People will use that as evidence that it's possible that that gospel was written after 70 CE. So, like, Mark's gospel doesn't talk about the temple being destroyed. So people usually date that as the first gospel. Mm -hmm. Matthew and Luke both talk about the temple being destroyed. So they'll date that one as being no earlier than 70 CE, so probably in the 70s or 80s. So that's something to, to just keep in mind, because if you think that if... If that is accurate, and this gospel was written after 70 CE, then the writer of Luke's gospel is knows that the temple is going to be destroyed, you know, because it already has happened. It hasn't happened yet when Jesus is moving and talking and doing his ministry. But they've got, the, the writer of Luke is writing to a, a specific audience. And so 
when Jesus is doing kind of this consoling about when this temple falls and when all these things happen, this these things will happen to you, but, you know, they're not the end. They are kind of just the transition to the next way of being. That's going to be very impo- a very important message to hear for these first century Jewish people, you know, that Luke is writing this gospel to. So, not that... Uh, it's not that Jesus didn't say these things, but it's also not that they weren't, you know, shaded in some way by the way that the author presents them. Right. Because Especially each because author of each you gospel wrote it differently. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. If so, you've lived something, you have something, to talk about it. Yeah. Just something to keep in mind. Okay. Uh, as we talk about it. So I think, Charlotte, you have the first point. I do. Having heard the gospel and some context surrounding it, we're going to get right into our three points today. And the first one belongs to me. Um, And I want to talk about kind of a snapshot of what we get in the very first part in verse 5 of today's gospel. When some were speaking about the temple, how how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God. And Jesus said, as for these things you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another, all will be thrown down. And I want to talk about it in reference to the things that we do dedicate to God. And what we see here is the beautiful adornment of a temple, or maybe perhaps in our context, it would be beautiful stained glass windows and altar hangings and the brass candlesticks on the altar, but all of those beautiful things that are given and dedicated to God, um, and how at some point those things will come and go. Maybe they are stolen, maybe they are lost, maybe buildings fall into decay, Um, all of those things are material and therefore can be altered and changed or completely destroyed or fall apart. But there's another option and another call that we hear quite often, and that's the dedication of ourselves to God. Um, And that's the way that we choose to live our life each day, right? And that's not saying that we don't have bad days or hard days or days in which maybe we aren't the best representative of Christian faith, um, because we're all human beings and human beings are frail and fragile and we make mistakes. But that each day when we wake up or even halfway through the day, if we're having a hard one, we have the opportunity to try again, to refocus on all the things that we learn through scripture, to know what is being asked of us and what we're being called to by Jesus and choose to dedicate our life that way to being a visible presence of God's love and sacrifice by the way that we care and connect to those in the world around us, Um, even when it's hard and even when we're grumpy and don't feel like it. But making that choice, naming that our life is our dedication to God and therefore it should be representative of the love that God has shown to us. Yeah, and Hannah, I think your point goes right into it, so go ahead. Yeah, I would just like to build on that and say that um, as Jesus is talking about temples being destroyed, you know, we have many temples in our lives, whether it's relationships or jobs or things that we put our security in and they do, we do lose jobs and we lose loved ones Mm -hmm. and that's a part of life. And I think that the Christian approach to these painful things is to trust. And Jesus is telling us to be present, to endure. Don't go running hither and yon, but be mindful, be present, be faithful in whatever circumstances we find ourselves. And I really think that if we cannot find God in the midst of the temple ruins, we'll find God nowhere. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. that's when we're most sensitive and open to God's presence. 
And when we've got it all together and we're not experiencing death, you know, in the moment, we, you know, we don't, we sort of forget about resurrection. Mm -hmm. But um, to trust that in dying, we see new beginnings and out of every painful end, there's new and abundant life. Yeah, I can see that. Absolutely. And I think it's such a poignant reminder of when we get busy and when things are going well, that it's very natural to set God aside and that it's in those moments of hardship and when we're feeling broken that we're more open to God. And so then choosing to take that openness and carry it into the rest of our lives is a really important lesson and one that I think we're probably constantly learning. I don't think it's one that we're like, check the box, I've got this now, no worries. Because whenever it gets good, we get comfortable. And when we get comfortable, we get forgetful. It's so true. Yeah, Yeah, because the, the place where the temple is fallen, I mean, that's the place where God is. Mm hmm and that's where we testify from. Mm-hmm. That's where we find our right. voice. Yeah. Right. And I think that with Hannah's use of the word testify there, David, that I think it leads nicely into your third and final point. Yeah. So for point number three, uh, I was thinking about this very last section of the text uh, where Jesus is t- after where Jesus is talking to the disciples about what kind of lies ahead for them. Um, where it says, so, so make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your souls. So I was thinking about what a defense would be like what someone could say, uh, especially in light of last week's gospel, where Jesus was very clearly kind of debating with the Sadducees uh, on, on theological grounds. Like what a what a uh, what a defense would be that could not be contradicted, and that no opponent would be able to withstand. And the thing that I thought of, and I the, this idea of like bearing witness is our own personal experience of God moving in our lives, our own personal experience of death and resurrection. That like we just came off of this this story of Jesus debating resurrection with the Sadducees. And and it seems like Jesus is calling us to not like prepare in advance all these theological and doctrinal uh, ways of explaining why we believe what we believe or who we are, not kind of like building up again, these kind of temples of words and ideas. Um, but instead, uh, just speaking directly from kind of the spirit that bears witness with our spirit, letting the Holy spirit move in us and, and a, and a defense that does, that does not need any preparation is one that is the truth for us. So as long as we are like, speaking the truth of our experience, the truth of what we know to be true about God, or at least believe to be true about God, based on how God has worked in our lives, based on our own experiences of death and resurrection, whatever the topic may be. And I think that is what Jesus is asking us to do. And I think when that happens, um, we when we are speaking the truth, that's not necessarily going to work well for everybody. And it probably, if it's the truth, probably won't. 
And so there will be some sort of alienation with the people that we have known for a long time or the people that know us or our friends and relatives and people that we love. But I think that as long as we are genuinely speaking the truth of our experience, as long as we are genuinely speaking the truth from our heart of what we believe to be true about God and how God has moved in our lives, then through that endurance, through that endurance of these things he's talking about, death and resurrection, dedicating our lives to God and falling down and having everything kind of destroyed, um, but continuing to bear witness to that resurrection story that Jesus embodies for us, that is how we will ultimately what Jesus says, gain our souls, but in a much more kind of like experiential way. The other way to, to translate souls is like the self. It is like the seat of our identity. It's like we will, by our endurance in bearing witness and telling the truth in the face of pushback and in the face of sadness, we will grow slowly and slowly more aware of who our true, what our true identity is. And we will like genuinely be able to feel who we are and our, our truest selves. Mm -hmm. Well, and there you have it. I think we did it. I think we have three points. So the the first point this week was mine and it was the discussion of dedicating your own life and your own behavior and actions to God instead of thinking as much about physical things that can be dedicated to God. Um, It was followed by Hannah with point number two, which was about temples, temples in our lives that fall apart and how we have to trust and lean into God in those moments so that we can stay with what's true for each of us. And then the third point was yours, David, which is about our testifying and our firsthand experience of God speaking from our heart and accepting the fact that sometimes in naming our own truth that it may not resonate well with others and that it may cause some loneliness and some heartache as we speak that truth and testify to what we know. And that's it. One, two, three, just like that. So the last thing we are going to do, having had heard that discussion, um, is we're going to ask Hannah if she will read the gospel for us one more time, please. We'd be happy to. When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, Jesus said, As for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. They asked him, Teacher, when will this be, and what will be the sign that this is about to take place? And he said, Beware that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first but the end will not follow immediately. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, and in various places famines and plagues, and there will be dreadful portents and great signs from heaven. But before all this occurs, they will arrest you and persecute you, they will hand you over to synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name. This will give you an opportunity to testify. So make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance, for I will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your souls. Thank you, Hannah. You're welcome. 
And so I think that concludes our time here on the Faith to Go podcast. But before we go, I think it's important that you know that we really do want to hear from you. So you can contact us through the website, www.myfaithtogo.org, where you can also find all of the Faith to Go resources for the week. You can also contact us through Instagram, at faith to go or you can email us directly, faith to go at edsd.org. And just for reference, edsd.org is the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. On that note there, I think it is our time to say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody.